It's game time. Spilling tea and talking sports. You're listening to the Game Day Tea Podcast mm-hmm. with your host, my name, D. Gill. Welcome to the Game Day Tea, another Tuesday episode where myself, my the, the wonderful host you all get to hear every Tuesday, D. Gill gets to host this episode for you all, of course. And uh, I like doing these type of episodes that we're going to do today because it brings more awareness to people that probably don't know that change is needed, that we have a long way to go. We say 2022, how can there still be homophobia? Why is there a need for pride? Why is there a need for a representation in sports? And this episode is another reason why we need all of that. And I want to uh, first let you all know that if you missed any of my past episodes, please, please, please go to your Spotify or Apple podcast, wherever you like to your host to listen to your podcast, search out sports, the game day T. You can listen to my other co-host from the Outsports uh, family, uh, but if you want to listen to more of myself, if you want to let me bleed into your ears every single Tuesday, you can search Outsports and The Game Day T. Also, www.thegamedayt.com. You can find it there. Social medias, The Game Day T on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. However, today I'm talking to Josh Jones. He is a buddy from across the pond. Do they still say that, Josh? I'm not sure. They do. They do. <laughs> All right. uh, he's from Cambridge, and we're going to be talking about inclusivity in the LGBT community in cycling. Well, Josh, welcome to the Game Day Tea. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. So I, I searched you on the interwebs, Web 2, not Web 3.0 as we're gonna be coming to soon not there yet not there yet but web 2 <laughs> probably what we'll be doing these interviews and in like in the metaverse <laughs> jesus <laughs> so uh I, I wanted to bring you on because you you represent something that is uh near and dear to me and that's inclusivity in sports uh tell me a little bit about your background in cycling first before we get into that uh cool yes yeah. so um yeah i'm obviously a a big cyclist and bike racer in the in the UK, um, just at like a kind of amateur like or um, elite amateur national level. Um, I'm not a professional, sadly. Um, but yeah, I guess my my broad kind of experience of the sport overall is that it's um, it's one that at least historically has had a pretty like traditional macho lad culture, um, and is also one that there hasn't really been very much in terms of like LGBT openness. There are still no, like at the highest level of the professional sport, like the Tour de France and stuff. um, There are still no out gay male riders. Um, There are like a couple of um, like um, out LGBT people on the women's side. Um, I think, but yeah, kind of throughout the different echelons of the sport, it's not something that is really being like talked about or anything very much. Um, that certainly had a kind of impact on on my perception of the sport and things. Um, I know now, you know, over the last like year or so from like talking to all these other people um, and everything that, that that it kind of has an impact on on, on theirs as well. So um, yeah, I'm starting an initiative. It's called All In Racing, um, and kind of the whole like the main stick of it is to try to help everyone within the sport um yeah kind of like be better allies um like 
make a small change in their own like sphere of influence for some people that will be big for others it will be quite small but there's like there's a lot of like common sense stuff that like everyone can do to to make environments kind of more welcoming and stuff um and yeah the the intent is to kind of hopefully build it up and and get as many people from as many different parts and pockets of the sport to um to yeah kind of get involved and just uh help help it progress and like develop i guess i love that and you um came from a music background typically experienced homophobia in the music scene right and it's just like it's just oh okay you're gay all right grab your french horn let's play <laughs> or is the source like come on like, are you are you singing tenor soprano what are you doing like it's, it's a nothing burger in the music you know theater background but when we go to sports was that like a big shock for you to see like wow i guess i can't be as open as i would like to be yeah <laughs> yeah um i guess like it was only partly conscious i think um so like yeah through my like when i was at school and then when i was at university and stuff yeah um did a lot of a lot of music some like hit stuff whatever um and i only got into cycling when i was at uni um so like I was, I think it was a couple of weeks before my like 20th birthday when I did my first race and stuff, um, kind of only got my bike first, like road bike type thing, um, probably about eight or nine months before that. So, um, yeah, definitely like kind of late to the, to the sport as far as people go. Um, it definitely felt like a real shift. Um, and it was an environment that I for sure didn't feel that comfortable in. Um, I guess from my perspective personally, um, like it's not, it doesn't necessarily need to like, it's not always particularly obvious with me that like I am gay or anything. Um, so it's something that I can kind of dial up or down depending on the situation. Um, and especially on the sports side of things. Um, yeah, I was dialing it down pretty hard um there were like even to the extent where i remember a couple of times um so like uh road races would start from kind of village halls and things um and everyone would gather you'd have like a race briefing etc and then like roll out and start um and there were times where like they'd have chairs around the outside of the hall just like you know a kind of normal community space or whatever um and even to the extent where like i would consciously like uncross my legs um and like just sit with my legs like a bit wider um even if even though that wasn't like wasn't like my natural way of, of sitting in that sort of environment and stuff um yeah and 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 so things like that and for me it was it was it was in a context which I think is quite common in sport generally um it's not just specific to cycling but it's certainly uh, it's certainly there in cycling is just hearing like homophobic language and stuff used essentially like ingrained in the culture um and it's not i don't believe that it's often used in a like directed like vitriolic or um cruel way um and it's not particularly targeted for example i don't think you know for many years in the sport 
I don't think anybody really knew I was gay. I hadn't like told anyone in the sport specifically, although I was yeah out in all the other aspects of my life. Um, but yeah, it's the I think sport still has that like base level of latent homophobia that's just ingrained in the culture, um, and that's one of the biggest things that I want to try and try and tackle because I don't believe there are that many people that are genuinely homophobic um it's just about trying to help people like realize and acknowledge that some of these other things that they kind of say and do can yeah build up something that that uh, and build up a culture that means that some people don't feel that um that well included even if that wasn't their intent and and that's why i like your about uh, all in racing section on the website and i i want to read that for the listeners out there listening right now all in racing is a new initiative with competitive cycling to increase visibility and inclusion for lgbt plus riders and which aim to become a standard for championing diversity in amateur and professional racing we will provide free resources for lgbt plus athletes and allies and we'll work with teams and brands to help grow competitive cycling by making it a more open and inclusive sport why is that so important so for me personally i think it would have helped um help give me more confidence to try and like grow the contacts my contacts within the sport like at an earlier age and sooner when i sort of started getting into things um i think it's easy to like be at races and you kind of hear the way that um some teams at least in the past have like behaved in things um and these are teams that you know are kind of aspirational and the sorts of teams that you'd want to try to get on and 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 and, and ride on that team in the future um but yeah sometimes and in the past seeing and being around kind of the way that they behave at the races um makes me feel that I just wouldn't fit in like that there's no point trying to get on that team um because yeah I don't feel like I have anything in common um and yeah I think it would be yeah kind of like a real struggle to like get on with them even if I was already embedded kind of within that um and I know you know I know of one or two um other LGBT riders that are on um are on teams at that level and stuff and yeah have a good experience and and that's obviously fantastic um but the point is that that isn't often that like outwardly visible um in terms of the team actually actually yeah it's not an issue um and they probably would be perfectly welcoming or whatever um but that that's not actually always the kind of impression and outward perception that they that they give um so yeah it's about trying to trying to help that make that better that would certainly have benefited me um and yeah from the conversations that i've had with you know some other people and other lgbt riders at kind of different levels um i think that's absolutely something that that will help them as well um and then yeah in terms of the like growing the sport bit um there's there's kind of two sides of it and like i think it can benefit both communities (laughs) So, you know, from the from the racing and and cycling side of things, obviously the more participants, the better. You know, the more people that get involved with the sport and that spend money in the sport and things like that. 
um like the happier brands are the better the quality of the competition you know it raises everyone up um and you know makes it better for everyone um and then obviously from the other side you know the so a, a common topic in in the chats that you have for obvious reasons but like the lgbt community is um so inactive like on average on like a kind of statistical level um and i think that a lot of a lot of lgbt people just aren't going to be even remotely aware that like cycling even is a sport at all um like i really wasn't until i was at uni and and kind of fell into it back in it a bit um but i really didn't have anything any kind of awareness of it I didn't even really know what like the tour de france was or anything um when i was growing up and in school and things so yeah long term i want to I want to help bring cycling to the LGBT community and like show them that yeah it's a thing it's here um there's all these like clubs and teams that are and and brands and things that are getting involved with inclusion so like there's also a place for you in the sport um yeah and hopefully to like bring bring more people in so um yeah there's there's like there's potential for it to help both sides is it. is the goal <laughs> I love it. We'll be right back with the Game Day team. Welcome back to the Game Day team. I am talking to Josh Jones from All In Racing. Now, Josh, you don't just walk the walk or shall I say cycle the cycle. <laughs> it's kind of like, but whatever. <laughs> but you actually have already started an initiative to integrate, you know, LGBT representation in cycling. And that was your partnership with uh, Stonewall UK's Rainbow Laces, uh, Rainbow Socks. I really think uh, I, I love what Rainbow Laces does for the sports community, LGBTQ community, uh, as far as representation. How did that even start? you reached out to them were they on board uh and tell me how everything unfolded uh, with uh, your campaign as you will yeah sure so um so stonewall actually were were one of the first people that i kind of spoke to in terms of um i knew i wanted to do something in the sport um and and help make it better um and so i yeah had a meeting with them to just now this was super early stage before i had like all in racing as a name or as really a concept um and they helped to like yeah um give me some direction to like my thoughts and things um and that was obviously kind of yeah it, it evolved onwards um and yeah the rainbow laces campaign is is something that i mean obviously it's a great thing <laughs> um mm-hmm. it's something that individually i've tried to do something for for kind of like a couple of years um and i've got i had some be- like rainbow socks previously um that, yeah not made by a cycling company uh but i just i just like wore on the bike for a bit and do some posts and things like that um so just like small things and, and fairly individual um one of the yeah big partners which is really um really positive for like all in racing generally is a company called rafa um they are uh based in the uk they're like a cycling apparel brand and stuff um yeah and they've been really supportive and what i wanted to do is even before before we launched the initiative kind of formally um which hopefully will happen uh, later this year um i really wanted to do something um like first and quickly uh, to kind of yeah like get the ball rolling and make sure we didn't like miss any opportunities to to do, to do some good stuff um 
so yeah most cycling shoes don't have actual laces um i guess like kind of ski boots or something like that uh-huh. um so yeah laces not going to be a good thing but yeah working with rafa we did a whole load of like rainbow socks with like the bands at the top and then like um and then a fairly plain white sock which you know just looks good generally um Usually yeah creative juices <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure for sure and um and then yeah uh so rafa made the socks and then i was working with um one of the with the organizers of an independent but like um internationally sanctioned um cyclocross race so um yeah this was a race that like pros can ride and things um we did have some pros who were there at the race and and, and things and so um UCI. for both the like yes that's right yeah 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 so this was like it was a uci c2 cyclocross race um so yeah international ranking points on offer and all that good stuff um and so and it was called clanfield cross um yeah and it, it went on in hampshire back in december um and yeah we kind of looked at like the men's elite senior race and then the women's elite senior race um and rafa donated like a whole load of socks for us to give away for free essentially um and yeah the the whole point of it was just to get people to pardon me to to get people to start thinking um a bit more about kind of like the issue generally and and about kind of getting involved um my whole thing was to make it as easy as possible for people to get involved and to remove as many of those barriers um no matter how small um that might that might stop people from 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 kind of being engaged in stuff um so yeah we put out some like some public calls um saying that yeah we've got these socks there completely free you don't have to do anything other than say that you want some um and between that and um and then like approaching some writers like individually and stuff once the start list was published um yeah we managed to well managed to uh we gave away all the socks pretty easily uh, and like and, and and it was really fantastic so like we had um on the men's side of things um we had uh probably about three quarters of the race um wearing the socks including basically all of the front few rows on like the starting grid um so that was really great to see that just like sea of socks and everything um and then on the women's side it was um i think it was all but four people um in the socks as well and to be clear like the only reason anybody wasn't wearing the socks was purely because i just ran out um you know like everybody um between the people who like kind of volunteered and put their hand up and then other people to say that they want socks um and other people that i kind of like you know approached and and asked if they would be happy to wear them um like nobody ever said no um and i think that that's that's really fantastic it really speaks to the kind of um the the quality and the openness and the kind of welcoming nature of cyclocross as a sub discipline of like uh competitive cycling overall um yeah but it also shows that when you do like take away the barriers and make it super easy for people for people to get involved um actually people do want to get involved um and they do think it's a good thing 
um and, and they are happy <laughs> yeah but like but even then it's not you know like mm-hmm. um why would you you're not going to ask for a pair of rainbow socks yeah. like if you're not actually going to wear them yeah so yeah a hundred percent it's yeah because it um because they were free and it was really important to me that I was able to give them out for free because um, yeah that's that's obviously a barrier mm-hmm. um but yeah the fact that nobody nobody took them and then didn't wear them either yeah okay um, and like throw them in the trash or anything like yeah whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I mean that would <laughs> that would obviously not have been great um but yeah it was uh it, it was really great and so yeah the the reception from that from both from the, the women's side and the men's side um was kind of really optimistic um and i think yeah it showed that it showed that there is like positive and welcoming sentiment that exists at least within the cyclocross corner of the sport mm-hmm. um but it also shows that there is value that thing you know the initiative all in racing and stuff can actually add um because to be honest like certainly not that many people would have um, would have done anything to mark the kind of rainbow laces um, if we hadn't like been there and, and had the support of Rafa and had the support of the race organizer um, and some of the other high profile teams in the race, um, like the Spectra, which is like a UCI registered team um, and Montezuma's as well. Um, yeah. Who were all kind of behind it and, um, and really got a really great momentum going. So um yeah, that was a really successful like first kind of mini project. I love it, and it gives and it gives you uh, the confidence to move forward with uh, other projects in the future. Like this episode right here, Josh. If somebody's listening to it from the UK, and you have like two more people come to cross uh, cyclocross and say, you know, I listened to the episode with D Gill, and uh, it's I I I, I want to join, like I, I or I want to help out with all in racing. That's what it takes, especially when we're talking about uh, get, getting our word out there. And so I, I appreciate what you're doing for your community, right? Because it's just like where you live and what you're doing for people around you. Yes, we want a national broad level, but, you know, it starts in the community at first, right? And it's just like, uh, I'm glad I can help get your word out there and, and continue the good work that you're doing. No, 100%. And yeah. I, I really appreciate it from from the same kind of way. Um, I think it's the community side of things is super important for me. Um, I think that for it to be a success and for us to like even go beyond the initiative itself and like just have a lasting impact on the sport, um, you know, positively, obviously. Um, yeah, the like the community needs to feel properly engaged and like they kind of share an ownership of it um and that it's something that they have a stake in and things like that um so yeah when it comes to when it comes to the the more formal launch of the initiative and actually what um what it means and specifically when when we say okay this team and club is is involved and so this one and then this brand is involved and you know in terms of actually setting out what it is that they do um yeah it's really important for me to get the involvement from those people in those groups um to help like define that um make sure that it's appropriate make sure that it's like realistic and actually deliverable um and that'll just give it a much better chance to uh 
to like actually be taken on board and actually be embedded in that environment um and then for it to stay there and and hopefully keep keep growing and stuff so uh yeah the community side of things is um is is kind of critical uh, <laughs> yeah well you talk about that on uh, your website all in racing you give uh ways that teams can help out and brands for teams on the team side they can uh stop homophobia language they can be good allies to lgbt people and they can participate in um inclusivity events uh give me your, give like an example so most teams will um will already be more than happy to say that they think like racing should be for everyone. I think that's a fairly obvious and fairly uncontroversial thing to say. Um, I think that for for racing and for like the LGBT side of things, um, it's about making sure that the messaging kind of goes a bit beyond that pretty like generic statement um, about having some, it doesn't have to be massive. Um, you know, it, it, it can be quite small. It can be quite measured. But having some investment of, you know, their own time and effort, um, not necessarily money. It can be done, like, cheaply, obviously. Um, but, yeah, in terms of actually actually following up with, yeah, the right kind of messaging um, around inclusivity, around, like, within that team or club environment, um, fostering a, a, a culture that, that is more inclusive um, by yeah principally by like re- reducing and hopefully just eliminating um like homophobic language use but like in terms of challenging that um providing some education on like why it's important to to challenge that um and and getting people and the individual team members and stuff to yeah commit essentially to things like not using the language um you know using people's pronouns correctly if where appropriate and things like that um another like pretty basic common sense like ally allyship kind of things so like and and, uh, most of the specifics on that um like i said before in terms of like the community engagement are yeah like still being defined exactly um because yeah i want to make sure that the teams and clubs like know and have some involvement in setting out exactly what that is. Um, and between different groups um, and, or between different companies, you know, the level of engagement will probably differ a bit. Um, and at this early stage, I think that's fine. Because, um, yeah, some people are just more, more able to do um, or able to do more things than, than others. Um, yeah, but it's... Uh, yeah, it'll just be trying to make those specifics um nice and clear so uh so then it's more obvious for when people do see like the messaging or like the kind of all in racing um and we put messaging out in terms of which teams and clubs are involved um that they know and have an understanding for what that means in terms of like a baseline of of inclusion and of like a welcoming culture and things like that um particularly for people who are like new to the sport and looking for the, the best like club in their area on things like that for them to get involved with. I love it. And on the brand side of things, uh, you put that where are appropriate, dedicated um, proportions, sponsorships and resources to uh, minority groups, share and evaluate LGBT and minority voices and promote outreach and advertising. So those big brands out there, uh, it's, 
Okay, so June comes around every year, right? And what do we mm-hmm. see? The big pride grab, right? So how can a band brands better represent themselves outside of June? Yeah, and this actually um it's really interesting because that is that has been some brands' concern as well. Like um some companies that I've spoken to have have wanted to do something for LGBT inclusion. Um, think that they should yeah great um but are almost um i guess nervous about about doing it in case it's just seen and taken as tokenism um and for sure there are lots of examples um like in brands and companies generally of tokenism that isn't really that helpful mm-hmm. um that's why i guess the the main tenet of it ultimately from a company's perspective um has kind of got to be spending some money um but it doesn't always have to be spending money in the sense of spending more money than they already are um so yeah the first main point there in terms of like dedicating a set um a specific like percentage of their sponsorship or marketing budget and things um in some cases that might mean yeah, looking for new teams or new LGBT athletes, et cetera, to kind, of, um, to kind of bring on board. But actually what is also really valuable is in terms of working with the athletes and teams that they already might sponsor um, to encourage them in turn to get more involved with LGBT inclusion in terms of promoting good allyship um, and helping their own fans and things like that. Um, yeah get uh get involved as well um and those elements you know don't really cost very much um but then they'd be able to say that okay you know we've been working with this team now this team is is kind of on board and doing it and our sponsorship of that team you know then meets that threshold of 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 whatever proportion it is that that they decide to set um so yeah it it needs to come down to a kind of um, a kind of funding allocation, but the way that companies can get to that isn't isn't always going to require kind of spending more money. Um, and then there's uh, and then kind of like the third main main element is going to be hopefully in terms of supporting specific events and projects um, that like yeah um, I'm going to run with all in racing, for example, like all the socks and things that that, that we did back in December. Um, yeah, which you know. Rafa donated the socks. They obviously had to spend money on that. They also spent money helping us like actually do the design and things like that. Um, and yeah, they've been fantastic. I'm really grateful for them, obviously, for doing that because it meant that the whole project could happen. Um, yeah, and that's, you know, something that is that is kind of meaningful. Um, it does represent some actual like investment. It's not just like changing a logo. Um, and uh, and yeah, that can be that can be much kind of better. Um, and then on, I think like the second point or second and third points is around the external messaging and stuff that they make. So, um, encouraging brands as well to tell more LGBT stories, you know, from the people that they sponsor or new people or whatever, um, or just customers, you know, um, find those stories and, and, and tell them more and promote them in their channels. Um, and look to target more of their advertising like 
to LGBT people or in LGBT kind of spaces and communities. Um, again, to help like increase awareness of the sport of cycling at all in, in those communities and things um, and kind of bring it back to, to the individuals and start creating those connections. Um, so yeah, there's like, it's like the three main ways, I guess, you know, obviously like the, the kind of funding and working with the teams. It's um, the, yeah, the, the, the stories and things that they put out in, in their own kind of marketing. And then it's like the positioning of some of that marketing um, and, and, and trying to bring the sport to, to the LGBT community. Um, but the, they're all like pretty open suggestions. Um, so yeah, it is a kind of like tailored approach and some brands will have more interest in one of those than others and things like that. Um, and indeed others, you know, have had like just more different um, and yeah, altogether like kind of ways that uh, the ways that they can get involved that we're kind of working with them on. Um, yeah. And it, it's quite kind of varied and, but it's providing that sort of framework in terms of suggestions um, that is, yeah, proving to be um, hopefully pretty successful um, in terms of helping brands get over that sort of initial inertia um, about being concerned that what they might do might, yeah, be seen as tokenism or, or not be seen as, as, as enough really um yeah so there's some exciting times to come i hope well i think a couple of after hearing all that i think a couple of companies need to be reaching out to you josh <laughs> <laughs> put you on their boards and the head of in, inclusivity teams uh because it sounds like you really know what you're talking about and that's what we need in our community you know uh, more representation uh and and consulting Yes, consulting with these uh, bigger brands to to really give them the the tea, as you will say, as we will say. Absolutely. So, um, if someone wanted to reach out to you, Josh, and and connect with you and work with you in future partnerships, and uh, or ask you how can you help their community better, uh, how can they do that? Cool. So, yeah, um, the two main ways. So, yeah, we've, we've got the website, obviously, which is allinracing.org. Um, that's got like we've kind of covered most of the like basic summaries of like what the initiative is overall, etc., and a bit of coverage in terms of like the socks that we've done. Um, we've got a contact kind of form and stuff within that, um, which yeah, people have been using, which is fantastic. So that's certainly one option. Um, and then the second one is on Instagram. We're at all dot in dot racing. Um, yeah, and you can yeah give us a follow there or send us a message directly through that. Um, and that's where we'll keep most people up to date on the kind of day-to-day kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we, we also do stuff through email, um, for people that have bought some socks themselves, um, or again, that kind of asked to be included through the, through the website and things too. So, um, yeah, website and Instagram is always a good thing. Um, I'm normally pretty responsive. Um, no, I, I definitely am. (laughs) I'm very responsive um, because I really appreciate everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I, I really appreciate everyone who's kind of reached out um, and it's been really interesting. Um, I really appreciate, uh, yeah, we've had people like obviously from the UK, but also more people abroad, not just yourself, but also like other people from the US, um, a couple from Europe as well. Um, so yeah, I'm always really keen to hear everyone's own experiences and their own perspectives um it helps to guide yeah what we're doing with the initiative and make sure that it adds as much value as it can 
Love it. And uh, if you ever get some Fox in, uh, I see they're sold out on the website right now. But if you ever get a pair in, send them on out to California and I'll proudly wear them. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, so... On the socks, we did, um, obviously, we did the stuff around in December. We had a small quantity that we sold. They sold out in, like, basically a few hours, which is fantastic. Um, then over Christmas, we took pre-orders for, like, a kind of second batch um, that have now also <laughs> that also sold out. Um, so if you are interested in getting some socks as well, you can uh, still go through the, uh, the web shop page of the website um, and put in a request specifically for your preferred size and color. Um, and then, yeah. There's no guarantees on like timing or anything. Um, but when we get kind of enough and it gets close up to the sort of uh, minimum order quantities and things, then yeah, we'll, we'll almost certainly be doing, be doing another batch or two because uh, they're proving really popular, which is fantastic to see. Nice. Well, you'll be seeing a extra life size oh, 13 order come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, it was such a such a pleasure talking to you. I've learned a lot. Um, uh, what you're just, you're, I'm just in awe of what you're doing. And thank you for teaching oh, me. Thanks. And, and <laughs> I always keep learning. Uh, anybody out there that's listening, if if you appreciated it or want to help out, please reach out to Josh in the ways that he uh, stated on his podcast. And always, always remember to be true, be you, and be fierce. Josh, thank you so much for your time on the Game Day team. Thanks very much for having me. It's been, uh, yeah, been a real blast. All right. Until next time, it will be out next week. Everybody, enjoy your day.